Welcome back to the Anxiety Slayer podcast. I'm Shan Vanderleek, and today I'm speaking with Michelle Chalfont, therapist, coach, and host of the popular Adult Share podcast, celebrating 3.5 million downloads. Today we're discussing Michelle's revolutionary three-step Adult Share model that is helping millions of people all over the globe transform their lives from the inside out. She also has a very intriguing special offer that we'll get to as well. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Shan. Welcome back to Anxiety Slayer. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> it's been a few years, you know, it's been a few years I since know. Uh, we got together. So it's really wonderful to have you back again. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I have been really enjoying listening into your podcast and following you and all of the gorgeous offerings you have. You have been full out since we first met. <laughs> You know, I have. Yes, I have been. I just got back from a nice rest in Mexico. So yes, I have yeah. been full out. <laughs> yeah, well, it's good to see you uh, taking care of yourself and implementing the self-care that you often recommend to others. Thank you. Thank you so much. I definitely needed it, but um, I'm so happy to be back and working again this week. So thanks for having sure. me on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So let's dig into the adult chair three-step yeah. healing model. Even though we talked about it many moons ago, it's something that needs to be brought up again and again, in my opinion. It's so very powerful. And I'd just like to dig into the model, talk about how we can do and get started with some of the work that you provide mm -hmm. and, uh, and give our listeners something that they can take away today that's going to be supportive. Of course. Okay, here we go. So for starters, the adult chair model, it's a model that really it's a manual for life. And just a little tiny bit about my history, you know, many, many years ago, um, I'm in, I'm 53 right now, but way back when in my teens and my 20s, I really struggled with um, anxiety appropriate to be on the show and depression and had a lot of self-doubt. And what I just, what I, what I deducted from how I was feeling all the time was that I didn't love myself and I certainly was not living authentically. So I really started on a quest way back then that I just needed to learn how do I love myself? Because if I can speak to myself in a loving way, what I thought was, Hey, then I will be able to um, really change how I'm thinking. Like if I can love myself, then I will speak kindly to myself, if that makes sense. So that was my quest. That was my journey way back when. And I just went on to take, I mean, countless, uh, I read so many books and, and I was a therapist. So lots of different trainings that were not just traditional, but non-traditional, you know, way back when 30 years ago, even taking meditation classes was, was an odd thing, but now it's of course mainstream, but all these years, 30, almost 30 years of courses and reading and all of this, um, and having many, many, many great teachers along the way, this model, based on even a teacher that I had had for about 10, 10 years ago, just came together using these three chairs as a way to really describe the timeline that we as humans live on. So the adult chair is a manual for life and it's broken up into three different phases. Phase one is the child. That's from zero to six. Phase two is the adolescence. So we have pre-adolescence, adolescence, post-adolescence, post and that goes from six to 25. And then from 25 on, we quite easily live in our 
healthy adult self. Only if we had parenting or mentors or grandparents or whoever raised us, they were able to show us and demonstrate and model how we live in the healthiest self. And that's where I find so many of us fall short is that we might've even had loving parents, but there was, there was, there were some things that were unhealthy. For example, maybe they didn't set healthy boundaries. Maybe they didn't teach us how to feel our emotions. Maybe they didn't you know, express love physically speaking. Maybe we never heard, I love you. Well, this all affects us when we're growing. These things that they affect us. So as we then become adults, we're actually stuck in what I would call the adolescent chair, but physically speaking, we're very much adults. So we all need to learn how to live in what I call the adult chair, with the, which is the healthiest version of self. Does that make sense? Yeah, <laughs> that no, was I a, love it. That so was much. a big mouthful. That was you a know, lot in five minutes or less. <laughs> but the thing is, is even though it was a big mouthful, the, the, it's very simple to follow really. Yeah. If you you just, if you're looking at and understanding where you, where, which chair you're sitting in and, you know, as you were talking and the first thing that you brought up was boundaries and yeah, I really didn't have any. Right. So when you're a young person and especially when you're a teenager uh, and you don't have any boundaries, uh, wow, that's something that hopefully you you get to work on so that when you do sit in the adult chair, you know, so that you can <laughs> actually move to the adult chair and right. understand how important healthy boundaries are, what they look like, and that you can do the work that needs to be done to to uh, move past that space of of not having any and have a better understanding of why things may have been a little bit nuts at times in your life because you didn't know how to set them. Exactly. Exactly. And by the way, I never blame or judge anyone for how we were raised, but what I realized that I needed, again, I did so much of the work for myself, but when being a therapist and then a life coach, I was like, wait a minute, (laughs) I'm not the only one that's struggling with how to live as a healthy adult. And not knowing what boundaries are or how to set boundaries or having had, again, parents show us how to do that, that tells me we needed that healthy adult in our lives to teach us how to do that. And that's what the adult chair is. It really outlines, this is what a healthy adult does. This is how they show up. This is how they respond in situations. So for example, a healthy adult lives with presence. A healthy adult sets boundaries. We're empowered. We learn how to feel our emotions. We allow them to come through. We don't react with them. When we're triggered, we go inside and we discover what the sources of those triggers. So this is what healthy adults would do. However, most of the people that I've ever talked to, I, I'm trying not to say the word all, Shan, but I'm just going to say most, okay? Because there might be one person out there in the world that actually had these healthy parents. And I want people to know too, this doesn't mean, again, that parents are bad, but also, I I mean, I grew up, I, I had an uncle that was a rager and he was an alcoholic. There's a lot of alcohol in my family. I had an Italian family. So it was like my mom, dad, sister, and all the relatives felt like my quote unquote family. Like we saw them all the time. We we're together every weekend. We lived together all summer in a, in a beach or a, excuse me, a lake house. So they all raised me and there was a lot of alcohol going on. Alcohol abuse. There was a lot of drama. Oh, so much drama, <laughs> no boundaries, enmeshment, codependency. I mean, I had all of it. However, I also felt loved. Oh yeah. So this is why when I, when I share this with people, I always say it's 
our parents always do the best that they can. So this is not about shaming parents, but it is about giving humans an outline for how to get healthy. So if you if you if you have codependency, let's say, or anxiety or depression, the adult chair model gives you a framework for how to heal that and transform. That's all it is. And it's very easy to apply. It plugs into just about anything. And if you're willing to do the work, anybody can heal is what I believe. Anybody. I believe that too. Yeah. And it is. It's a matter of of stepping up and deciding that you know, enough. I, yes. I'm ready to heal. I'm ready for something different. I'm ready to to do the work, whatever that looks like. And to also love yourself while you're doing it and to give yourself credit for where you're at and for who you've become, even if you grew up and your experiences weren't very healthy. Right. Uh, you know, no matter what it looks like. I had many years, I took a hiatus from my relationship with my father for about 10 years in my life. Mm. And it was absolutely exactly what I needed to do. I have no thoughts about that. Otherwise, I'm, I'm glad I did it. I'm glad it happened. I'm also glad that we reunited and became friends mm. and had a new relationship before he passed uh, five years ago. Mm. So very, very grateful for both the work I needed to do separate from him and what it looked like coming back together. And now that he's gone, the relationship that I have with his spirit or soul or however you want to label that is phenomenal. The, com mm. the conversations I have with him, the memories that come up, all of this stuff would have looked a lot differently before. I would have had different stories to tell. I would have different memories. But now they're the memories that perhaps I let get squashed by the mm -hmm. stuff that hurt. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so I just bring that forward because that I remember back when that was all going on, I had friends saying, oh my gosh, but he's your dad or, you know, why, how could you do that? And blah, blah, blah. And I thought, well, you know, my life, my choice, this is what I need. And it made all the difference for it and for him as well, actually. Mm. That was big. And I'm not, I'm not sharing this to say, okay, everybody, if you have a problem, you know, if you have a problem <laughs> Stop with Stop talking to your parents. <laughs> no, but that is so beautiful. And I, I'm just thinking like, gosh, the courage that it took, but also what comes to my mind is what you had, what I feel like some people don't have is the awareness that something's off. The awareness yeah. that I need to make a change because this relationship isn't working for me. Right. Many of us are, I think, are numb to what's going on and we sweep things under the carpet because, by the way, we don't have adult tools to handle or manage these relationships. So right. we kind of stay stuck. So it sounds like, my goodness, like the courage, my gosh. Yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty big, big stuff. And, and gratefully at the time, I did have support and... Mm -hmm the work that I was doing in my own research and my own healing. And then of course, so much more beyond that after making that choice to be on the other side of it and to be grateful mm. is pretty cool. Yeah. Wow. How does the adult chair process help us uncover our true self that is often buried under the masks and pains and fears mm -hmm. and stories that we hide behind? Well, 
the whole model is really about getting to know yourself. And it's broken down, again, so simply, Shan, it's very simple. From the age of zero to six, we are what I call in the child chair. And that would, again, most people know that as the inner child. So when we are in that phase of development, we are learning about emotions, we're learning about true needs, we're learning about passion, spontaneity, um, vulnerability, intimacy, all of these beautiful things, fun, having fun and creativity. Hmm. During this phase in our lives, this is what we're learning about. Now, again, if we were in a household where somebody said, you know, if you're crying, stop that, you're being a baby, we start shutting those parts of ourselves down. Yeah. And we stop allowing the natural preciousness of this child to come through. So as we, again, move forward into authentic living, now that we're adults, we have to go back in time. Again, I don't believe in spending, you know, 20 years in therapy going back and uncovering. When I say back in time, it's like, we're working not exactly back in time, but let me say this in another way. We're working with the inner child. Yeah. That wakes us up. That wakes us up and, and helps us have this awareness. This is one way to do it at least. So this inner child part for me is huge. The foundation of the model. It's oh yeah, huge. I love it, love it, love it so much because so many people do not know how to feel their emotions and they've shut them down. And that creates this inauthentic part. And then if we move then into the adolescent chair from the age of six to 25, what happens is this is the seat of the ego. So then we create all these personas and masks to cover up that true self even more. Yeah. So this is where the perfectionist comes from, even the codependent and the people pleaser and the narcissist and the controller and all these parts sit here. So the way that we uncover these parts to find the true self is to go directly in them and to get to know them. So a big part of the model is parts work. Mm -hmm. So we're going in and this is really cool. We were coming home from Mexico last night and my son was in the car with us and he instead of flying on to Chattanooga where he's in school, he flew from Mexico to Charlotte and then Charlotte, he, we decided to fly him home today, the next day. Well, we didn't know at the time when I booked his plane ticket that his girlfriend was going to come. So his girlfriend just continued on last night straight on to chat. So we tried to change his plane ticket when we got to Charlotte last night. And I said, it was like, ridiculous, like 300 extra dollars. I go, forget it. You're just going to come home. You can fly out in the morning. So we were talking about it on the way home in the car. And he's like, oh, I'm so disappointed. You know, all these things. And I said, I noticed that you're still carrying this with you. And it's been 30 minutes. We're in the car on the way home. You've got to stay at home tonight. You're going to fly out 9am tomorrow morning. It's no big deal. But I noticed you have a part of you that's still holding on to that. You're still talking about it. So what is that part need from you. I think it just wants to be heard that you're disappointed and that's okay. And it's it's annoyed and all of these things. So turn toward that part. That's how you're going to transform it. And he did. And he goes, you're right. And he knows this work. <laughs> of course, being my child, he's 20. He knows this adult chair, but he did. He goes, you know, I'm just sitting, I'm really frustrated and I'm really annoyed that I could not fly home with my girlfriend. And I said, I get it. I said, I get it. It's ridiculous. They had seats on the plane. There's no reason why you couldn't have gone. They wanted $300, which is ridiculous. So feel it, get to know that part of you. And he did. And then it was like, poof, it was gone. And then mm. he could let it go. But that's what we don't do well as adults. We don't know how to turn toward. And the more that we turn toward, 
what's bothering us, the more we turn toward these things, these, these emotions and these parts, that's how they then transform. They can't oh, yeah. transform otherwise. Instead, we turn toward like, oh, let me go have a glass of wine. Or people will say like, I had such a rough day. Do you want to meet me out for a glass of wine or bring a bottle of wine over? It's like, no, if you've had a rough day, be in it. Yes. Because you'll have the bottle of wine and guess what? The next day, the emotions will still be there. They want to be felt because when you feel your emotions, they just pass through and they're gone. Yeah. And oftentimes the alcohol can just make it worse. Oh, for sure. Can just exacerbate it. You know, as I was listening to you talk about that, it just it made me think of another story that my daughter and I just navigated through. And she is the same age as your son. And she moved out last fall to go to school and have her first apartment and all, all the things mm -hmm. uh, in, the, in the COVID world. Her readiness to spread her wings was pretty stifled. And she mm. spent time in this apartment. Well, the apartment was not what we expected it to be, was not what we were sold. And without getting to a whole lot of details about that, we were under the impression it was very much a majority student-based housing. Mm -hmm. And it's not. While there are students there, there are other people there and some scary characters as well. <gasps> mm -hmm. And so uh, Marin had been through a, a lot and it was starting to really mess with her sleep and her studies and all of that. And so we started the process of reaching out to terminate the lease. And the, the property management company was not very helpful. And and their lease, I must tell you, was very good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you were stuck. Yeah. yeah. And so we we were talking about what our what our choices were and how I could see how far I've come is normally I would go into warrior mode mm -hmm. and crush, destroy, and and burn the village and make mm -hmm. shit happen. And I didn't do that. It was very matter of fact. It was lots of facts and sharing and storytelling, mm -hmm. and then sitting back and waiting. And my daughter said, okay, can I come home? Because she's all of her classes are on online. I just need a break. How about I come home? And she did. So she came home for a few weeks, which was fantastic. She got a break from the noise, from the, from the nutty people, from, from all of it, mm -hmm. starting to feel good again went back, hadn't heard anything in a month from these folks after making our request. And they called last week and found somebody to rent the apartment oh, so she can no move on, way. break the lease, no penalties. The following Monday, we heard from the apartment complex where she wants to move that they have an availability at the end of the summer so she can come home for the summer. Oh my gosh. But, and, and so I share that because instead of staying in that angry place and in that fear place and in that, oh, this is just unbelievable, unconscionable. How could la, 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 la. Mm -hmm. We felt how we felt. And then we said, okay, what can we do? How can, yes. we, how can we do this? How can we best care for ourselves while we're doing this? And it was okay for us to be angry. It was okay for us to, to feel exactly how we felt in this, in this situation. And it was also okay to just give it some air. So beautiful. Yeah. So yeah. adult chair. You guys yes. were in your adult chair. I love that. No. I <laughs> love it. Good girl. I had the same 
darn thing with my son. Oh my gosh. Same, almost identical. Like we moved, I, I had heard about the college apartment. This is where he wanted to move. Okay. Move him in on the way to move him in. I'm looking at the reviews online and I hadn't looked because there was only one major college apartment. They were like horrific. There was a shooting there. There are drug deals that go down. Again, it was not college age kids that were living there. It was older, you know, people that were working and not even in school. I was like, oh my gosh. But we were stuck in the lease. Very similarly to your oh story. Oh my gosh. I literally was like, I'm and I remember driving into the apartment and my husband and my son were with me. And I said, okay, I can like you go into warrior freak out mode. I'm gonna get an attorney. I'm breaking the, you know, the whole thing. Yeah. And I said, take a deep breath. And I said, okay, I'm feeling a lot of anxiety right now. I'm really afraid. And I sat with those parts in the car driving. We were five minutes away. And I said, okay, wait, I feel like I'm going to cry and scream at the same time. I can't believe I didn't look at this before. I trusted that this was the right place. Anyway, same kind of thing. And I trusted. And as it turned out, because of COVID, hardly anyone lives there. <sighs> in that town, for whatever reason, not a lot of people were there. So my son's like, actually, it's been pretty benign, mom. It's not a big deal. So I didn't even have to get so stressed about it. And after I felt it, I let it go. And I said, you know, one thing at a time. And if we have to get an attorney, we will. Yeah. And I went back to present moment, which is a big part of living in the adult chair. And you said something, which is huge in being in the adult chair. You said something about staying out of story. Yes. And that is so key when we live in our adult chair, because what I call it, the term I use is we have to become story busters and live mm -hmm. in truth. And when we're in story, we're in the past or the future. So I was in the future thinking my son's going to be caught up in a drug deal and get murdered. Like that's where I was going. Oh, I'm sure. so afraid. I mean, I was like, oh my gosh. And I said, slow down. And you know, when we go there, we're in the adolescent chair and the mind is going so quickly trying to come up with ideas on how to keep myself safe or someone I love. And I just started breathing deeply and I said, calm down. I put my hand on my heart. I can still see myself in the car. And I was like, slow down. Any issue that comes up, we will handle it. Like yes. I will handle it in the moment, but let's just see what, what unravels because it was a beautiful place. Anyway, long story short, it turned out to be fine. He's moving out in a month and it all, all has been fine. Oh my gosh. So, Had their, so they're both moving out at the same time yes. as well. <laughs> Yes. Is that crazy? So crazy. It is crazy. You know, and I had to learn how to live that way because I am like you, I would go into like, I'll handle it. I'll take care of it. Oh, I'll yeah. do, you know, and I go into this, you're polite to call it warrior, <laughs> <laughs> warrior mode, but I had to learn how to keep myself in balance and stay in presence and breathe through the uncomfortableness yeah. and the fear. And it really does go away. Yeah, it does. It really, it really does. does. Yeah. When you live in the moment and you're out of the story, it's a game changer. Living with truth is quite boring, I find. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite boring. It's like, well, we're moving them in. Okay. And no drug dealers happen. No drug deals happening around me now. In fact, the kids moving in look pretty normal and nice. And I met some parents in the elevator and I was like, okay, actually feel safe. And all of a sudden my whole body shifted and everything was fine. So, oh yeah. Anyway, not, not holding anymore. No, nothing to hold. There was nothing except for the story in my mind. Of course. Oh yeah. So when we can ask ourselves what's true in this very moment 
And it's hard because the ego will be like, no, 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 no. I got this much better story. Right. <laughs> right. Someone so, was murdered here a year ago. Oh, like, no, yeah. Right. Dropping the truth. Yeah. Oh, this guy. Well, her particular crazy man was, uh, he would sing karaoke on the street for hours. Oh, my gosh. And then come into the apartment above her. So he was right above her. Oh, my gosh. Just slamming and yelling and under oh. the influence of whatever. And, you know, it was oh just. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And mm. so the story goes on and on and on and on. And so we were definitely uncomfortable with this dude. Yeah. Sure. Like he was just very. Something was very, off. Yeah. Very unstable. Yeah. But getting away from it. And then, you know, the apartment, did they moved him. They, he's still there, but they moved him. He's in a different space. So she is. So while her her remaining time there, he's not living above her anymore. So it's made it easier for her to do her schoolwork and not be fixated on on all that came with this guy. So well, thank God. Her yeah. cortisol and her adrenals can like just relax, relax now knowing right? he's not up there. Thank well, God they speaking moved of, him. Speaking of holding and mm -hmm. I, I want to talk a little bit about somatics. Yeah. Before our conversation, I told you I'm just starting mm -hmm. some somatic work and I'd love for you to share how somatics can help us clear negative emotions that are often stuck uh, mm -hmm. or, and, and that we hold in our bodies, like you did in the car on the way to the apartment, like I did in the first conversation where you're just, oh, you, it's yes. there, you feel it, but then you forget that it can be stuck. It does get stuck. So just, uh, you know, and I, and I, uh, when I'm speaking with people, I'll say to them, just get curious. You don't have to dive in headfirst. What am I feeling? And get all stressed about it. That would be doing it from the adolescent chair. But the adult chair would say, when we're living there, it's like, let me just get curious about what's going on and let me slow down. And when I'm working with people on feeling their emotions and what's going on in the body, so much of the time, because again, we're not taught this growing up. Most of us are not taught this. So, so much of the time I'll ask somebody, hey, what do you think you're feeling right now? Like what's going on? And they'll say, I don't know. <laughs> and my next question would be, if you could close your eyes or not and just slow down for a moment, what sensations do you feel in the body? Well, nothing. Mm -hmm. We'll wait, slow it down even more. And I'm slowing my breath down to help them slow down. And then they'll say something like, well, there's this little itty bitty, teeny tiny tightness in my stomach. Great. Can we just rest and focus on that little teeny tiny little tension in your mm -hmm. stomach? And when they do that, it opens and moves and morphs and then it dissipates and it's gone. And it happens usually within a minute or two. It's crazy fast. And this is then when people will say, oh my gosh, my anxiety is gone. How did you do that? <laughs> like I didn't do it. <laughs> I didn't do anything. I guided you through, but anyone can do this from the privacy of their own home by themselves. But somatic work, it's so beautiful because it, it connects us and ground, grounds us back in the body. And the best way to do it is just with curiosity. That's it. It's mm. just... You know, and I'll say to people, pretend like you're in an MRI machine. Very slowly, you're just going from head down to your toes, just getting curious, like, what do I feel? Well, my head feels tight. Great. Keep going. What's going on below the chin? I have this little itty bitty bitty tightness in the back of my throat. Great. Can we rest there? Oftentimes, I'll ask them, what do you, is there a color? And you just go with the first thought. There may or may not be. It depends on if the person's visual or not, but you might hear something like, Oh, yeah, it's pink. Great. What happens next? 
Well, it's just getting tighter. Let it get tighter. You're not directing anything. You're just observing. That's, in my opinion, how disconnected we are from ourselves. And I say that for most human beings. We just are. I don't, there's not a judgment there because we weren't taught to sit and do this kind of stuff. So, but the good news is, is we can learn now. Yeah. And when you learn it, it changes your life. I just did a podcast. I think it was in February. Actually, I had my husband on Shan (laughs) (laughs) and he and I have a different relationship now. And I got really raw and vulnerable in the show. I have to, I'll have to give you the number of the show. It was in February, but it'll say like Graham and Michelle Shelfont. Um, but what we talked about was the power of feeling your emotions. Yeah. And he's been working with a somatic therapist. And of course, he's got me that he lives with, but it changed our relationship because he learned how to feel his emotions. Wow, that's huge. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, because so many men are taught to just shut it down. Exactly. Shut it down. Exactly. And, you know, it's that whole suck it up mentality right. or, or whatever. And I sometimes think about that and, and how, you know, I've been with my husband now for, um, well, we've been together 30 years and, and, and I still see a lot of that suck it up stuff. And although it's changed, I mean, it's improved for sure, but it's like, oh honey, you don't, you don't have to carry that. Like you, yes, you get to express what's happening. Cause if you don't, it's cause for all kinds of other things that are way worse than expressing yourself. You know, you, you have permission to express yourself. Yes. You know, it's just sad. We either learned to shove our emotions down or we learned not knowing what the heck to do with them. Like it was one of one or the other, (laughs) you know, Mm. or they were just ignored. So yeah, most parents that I have ever worked with or people that, that share with me, like what it was like growing up, like most parents didn't sit with their kids saying, all right, Shan, let's talk about how this makes you feel. And why do you feel (laughs) that in your body? Let's take a deep breath together and let that emotion wash through. Like it just didn't happen, you know, but again, we can learn it now and it's powerful work. Yes, it is so powerful. Yeah. Hey, so you have a really awesome special offer for our listeners yeah. for the rest of April. Will you tell us about that? Yeah. So we have um, this whole month, I'm working in our membership with the topic. I do a new theme every month and this month is all about believing in yourself. Mm-hmm. And it just, it's been really, really powerful because I realized that uh, if we want to move forward in life, whether it be with setting goals or changing our relationships or loving ourselves or living authentically, any of these things, you've got to believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. So, and, and it sounds so basic, like, well, Jashan, you have to learn how to believe in yourself. Well, how? So a big part of the work that I love to do is teaching people how. And so this whole month, that's what we're doing. And one of the things that I feel like blocks the belief in self is the inner critic. So we are very heavy this month in working with, and I teach people, what do you do with your inner critic? How do you quiet your inner critic? So this whole month, um, or for the rest of the month of, what are we in, Shan? April? Yeah. (laughs) Yes, we're in April. I don't even know where I am. Am I still in Mexico? (laughs) I'm going to offer to any of your listeners, just for the rest of the month of April, They can jump on in and get all the information. It's really a whole course on how do you learn how to believe in yourself. So it's a 
is a live one hour lecture, which is everything has been recorded thus far. We have a live Q and A. I work with two people a month and I show you how to work with people using the adult chair model. And very specifically this month, it's on believing in yourself. Of course, we have a, a Facebook page. I have a meditation that goes with this month's theme. So weekly discovery work, so weekly journaling prompts and mindfulness exercises. And it's just for a dollar. That's amazing. the rest of the month. So they just go to um, theadultchair.com and forward slash membership. And the promo code is Slayer2021. Thank you so much. You're so You're generous. Welcome. And, and for your time today and our conversation. And I just enjoy you so much. I swear if we lived in this, if we lived closer to each other, <laughs> I know, right? We'd be hanging out for sure. We'd be hanging out a lot. I know we would be. <laughs> well, thank you again. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. You know, I love my time with you, Shan. That was the adult chair creator, Michelle Shelfont. If you love what you heard, be sure to explore the adult chair website to listen to her podcast and be sure to check out the TAC Tribe that you can get involved with for $1 through the end of April. And it's all about believing in yourself this month. And you can go there at theadultchair.com forward slash membership. And then all you need to use is the coupon code SLAYER2021. Thanks for listening. <laughs>